no games in the regular season being played, but this might just be the busiest time in college football. We've got bowl games coming up. The transfer portal is open, and we are in the nitty-gritty of recruiting season, National Signing Day, just one week away. Joining us to break it all down is Brian Smith, Locked On's official recruiting insider. My question to Brian, what is LSU shaping up to be in 2024 based off of recruiting and transfer portal? You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, y'all? Thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube as well. Locked On LSU, we're part of the Locked On Network, your team every single day. Today's recruiting edition of Locked On LSU was brought to you by LinkedIn, just as all of our recruiting content is. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That is why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Transfer portal palooza, recruiting palooza. Joining us to break all of it down is Locked On's official recruiting insider, Brian Smith. Brian, appreciate you as always. I love you. The people love you. Uh, what I don't love is uh, everything swirling around, not just this program, but all of college football. It is a a wild time. I haven't ever had this much going on before. I knew it was going to be kind of wild, but I can't even get all the portal stuff done because it changes by the by the minute. By the That's second. rough. Yeah, it's really rough. Uh, a lot of kids are going to end up without a college football home because everybody thinks they're going in the first round. They're not. So it is what it is, and I just kind of dissect what I can. That's all you can do is try and keep up with this ever-going carousel of the transfer portal. Uh, Speaking of transfer portal, I want to get into who could potentially come into Baton Rouge, but first I want to touch on who is going out. Now, the last time we talked, at that point, LSU only had four players in the transfer portal, and it was all just kind of depth players. And we talked about this last week that it's just natural attrition sometimes when you bring new players in, when you recruit four or five star players that could be ready to play by the time that they get to Baton Rouge, you're going to have players leave. But there's maybe an uncomfortable, isn't the right word, but I'll use it anyways, uncomfortable trend of a position group that LSU just does not have a lot of depth. And that is on the defensive line. Now, we knew that Quincy Wiggins had entered the transfer portal. And as of Thursday evening, Fitzgerald West also has entered the transfer portal, who was originally recruited as an offensive lineman, flipped him to a defensive lineman in 2022. He has entered the transfer portal as well. Brian, I'm a little concerned about this defensive line of Baton Rouge. Well, you probably should be. That's a spot where if you don't have size and you're in the Southeastern Conference, things go sideways. Mm -hmm. Jaden Daniels shall not be there next year to bail them out if they give up 48 points. So, which they, which they do. (laughs) Yes. They did at least. (laughs) For your sake and and for, you know, your psychiatry bills, I hope they do better on that moving forward. But they've got to get a few guys, number one, from the portal. Number two, some of the most important thing is you got to develop the guys you do have coming back. Yeah. Like some of them, I mean, Mason Smith and all that, that's that's a whole other deal. But even the guys that are backups, 
none of these guys were thrown to the side as pickup trash for LSU. Mm -hmm. They were all highly recruited. Who's it going to be that steps up? That's the biggest thing. And then can you get that one portal guy? Maybe you get two that are, you know, really good players, but one that's the dude. It's LSU. Mm -hmm. I say this on your show quite often. It's not that hard to recruit there. Right. Figure it out. That's how I feel. This is LSU. This is one of the historically one of the best defensive programs in the country. It shouldn't be that difficult to get, especially Louisiana kids to want to come play on that side of the football at LSU. So who are some players, defensive linemen that have entered the transfer portal that you think could be potential fits for LSU? Well, there's, there's a bunch of kids that I'm starting to learn about that are FCS kids. Like Ohio state's after a kid that was at like Tennessee Martin or something like that. I'm like, who, who is that? That's why the portal is so wild. The Skyhawks. I mean, it's like, oh, I have no idea. Of course, everything starts with a certain young man that came out of Texas A&M. He visited yes. Oregon. Walter Nolan. Yeah. I'm sure LSU is doing everything they can to get him to at least visit. That's that's where it starts. Kind of like with Cam Ward. So it's like it's Florida State or Miami. Everybody has to wait for the top of the board to end, and then everything will go rushing through. Until Walter does something, I have a feeling a lot of kids are going to be waiting on offers. Because if you only want to spend one scholarship and he's considering your school, that's where you're at. I don't know what LSU really wants at D-Tackle except for some of the kids to come home. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a kid that was at a smaller school but it's a Louisiana kid. Because that's something Kelly's promised. Yeah, He's done a good job of. He's recruited Louisiana pretty well. And he's, you know, like Wiggins is a kid that was from right down the road. He's from Baton Rouge. It's kind of weird that he's leaving. I expect them to get at least one kid to come back home, maybe even a kid from one of the other schools in the state, maybe Arkansas. And again, we're only a little bit through the portal. There's going to be more kids enter. What and there's the spring. Yeah, it's January 2nd, it concludes. So I think we're at a spot where the final pieces will be entering. A few of the kids are going to want to play in one of these low-end bowl games, and then immediately they probably already know where they're going. Then immediately they will jump in the portal and have, 10 offers. Ask me right after Christmas and the list will be tenfold what it is right now. But D-line is a very slim list as it speaks today. And that's the problem. That it's a, it's a problem for LSU. And, and Brian Kelly has said from the very beginning, from the day that he got to LSU, he said, look, I don't want to have to go to the transfer portal every single year. I don't want to recruit <laughs> via the transfer portal out of necessity. Go to the I transfer portal to supplement what you have. Yeah, I right. don't blame him because because look at what he's got with the uh, with the secondary. You're rebuilding it every single year. That's exhausting. You can't build a program that way. The good news is one of the kids that we mentioned. Now that you you mentioned your real nemesis, and I won't even say that position out loud for you. <laughs> Jair Brown is originally from Louisiana, moved to Ohio, signed with Ohio State. That's somebody if LSU can get. He was a very highly recruited kid. He could have went anywhere he wanted. Ward only knows he would have a chance to play in Baton Rouge. So maybe they can at least get that sorted out. The other thing is there's a lot of rumors about Mason Smith's going to come back, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I need to see him announce it because that's a lot of dollar bills that he'd be turning down, even as like a third-round pick, if that's what his grade is, something like that. If he was a first-round grade, I'm sure he would have already announced. But yeah, I, I would too. If they get Mason Smith to come back, a lot of what we're just talking about right now changes. Yes. Because he's a very, very good football player. And one thing that I do want to preface all this with is those players and, and Quincy Wiggins and Fitzgerald West, no respect to those guys, those, those aren't your focal points. Those aren't your foundational pieces of the defensive line. 
But unfortunately, as every college football fan has learned, depth is what separates the Sabins and the Kirby's, the Georgias and the Alabamas from the rest of the SEC or the sure. rest of college football. And you're, those are all be it depth pieces. Depth pieces are incredibly important for building a program. Yeah, I mean, LSU is usually one of those teams. It's ironic. Like, think about corner. They had like four guys that were hurt. One guy was like suspended, et cetera. Like, all these things happened at one spot and it hurt them. But even then, they still had some guys. If they can get some normalcy next year, add a piece or two, maybe it's Jair Brown, maybe Mason Smith comes back. Their defense should be the most improved in the SEC at the least, if not all of the, well, the soon to be power four instead of power five. Much improved. I mean, you, you got a lot to work Boy, with. I hope. I mean, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you get you got a lot of improvement that's left to be made. All right. I want to look on the other side of recruiting, recruiting out of high school, two big names that have committed to LSU. What Brian thinks of them, what LSU is getting if those two players do end up signing their national letter of intent to come to Baton Rouge. We'll get into that with Brian coming up next. When you are hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I mean, LinkedIn is not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. I mean, time is money. You cannot afford to waste a lot of time or to give a lot of your time to interviewing potential candidates. When you own a small business, you're wearing so many hats, you don't have the time or resources to hire. So thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and it is oh so easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Thanks again for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Looking at the recruiting out of high school side of things, two big commitments, one in the 2024 class and one in the 25 class. I'll start with the most recent one. It's Gabriel Relaford. He is a three-star edge rusher out of Shreveport, three-star, four-star, just kind of depending on whatever recruiting website that you would look at. Brian, what do you know about Gabriel Relaford and what Brian Kelly is getting in this upcoming recruiting class? He's a kid that could play strong side edge or it can move inside. I think he'll eventually be an end from Shreveport. That area is so loaded mm-hmm. per capita. It's one of the best areas in the country for national football league talent. Of course, LSU has owned out that area forever. You know, it is part of the boot, even though it's way up North. That's a kid that may not start right away, but I wouldn't be surprised if he played some has a chance to play a lot as a sophomore. My only question is how do they use him? Are they going to move him around some use him in packages or are they just going to let him get bigger and play three tech? It's a good question. Uh, as long as the defensive coordinator 
no pun intended, in-house is making those decisions. Maybe it's not necessarily the best place for him to be. But it is when we talk about depth, that's what you need to be bringing in every single year is maybe he's not ready to start day one. He's not ready to start against USC in 2024. But you're building those pieces for 25 and beyond. You're not going to have... Makai Wingo forever. You're not going to have Harold Perkins forever. You're not going to have Mason Smith forever. It's having those guys that are ready to step in that I think is so critical. One thing that I think was huge about Gabriel Relaford is he was committed to Texas A&M. He decommitted from A&M less than a week later. He committed to LSU. Now that satisfies a few things. One, a Louisiana kid. You're keeping Louisiana kids home or you're bringing Louisiana kids back to Louisiana two of, of Brian Kelly's big priorities. The second thing, and this is maybe hyper-specific to this offseason, is I look at all of those players at Texas A&M that are entering the transfer portal and are decommitting from this 2024 class. And I'm looking at LSU, and I think that they should be salivating at all of those Texas and Louisiana kids that may have gone to A&M or committed to A&M that want to find somewhere else, that don't quite know what the Mike Elko era at Texas A&M is going to look like. So I'm thinking that that's an opportunity for LSU to really capitalize on some talent. This is the battle that is most fun for me. The East Texas kids, North Louisiana kids, they don't get a lot of exposure, but there's a ton of talent. We mm-hmm. It kind of just goes wild. The bussy kid that, you know, yeah. committed to A&M is, you know, where's he going to go? Uh, there's Traylon Miller surprisingly committed to Colorado. I thought he was going to flip to LSU. There's all kinds of kids in that area. I don't they I don't have nothing to do with that. Don't look at me. No, I but that was funny because you texted me. You said this was supposed to be one of your Christmas presents right. that uh, Santa Dion went ahead and, <laughs> and spoiled that there. Yeah, well, it's part of it. Recruiting yeah. is wild, you know. They're gonna get their share. They've already got, you know, the Relford kid and some other guys they're still trying to get, but it really starts with the 25 class. I'm curious to see what Mike Elko does with AM. Because there's been a lot of conundrums in regards to, okay, they've had all this money with NIL. They were pulling the reins back with Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Plus, they just paid him $76 million, which is utterly ridiculous. I think that it's going to be imperative for him to get some of that NIL money coming again because they're losing some of the kids because they thought they were going to get cash, and now they're not getting as much, allegedly. They're going to go to LSU. They're going to go to Texas and all the places that the AM boosters hate. So LSU's got a chance, like you said, to capitalize, right? especially in the next class. If they can steal one more kid out of this class, it'd be a bonus. Mm-hmm. But let's see it in 25 more than anything else. That'll be a lot of really good recruiting battles. And the other thing, too, is grabbing AM kids from the transfer portal. Because as much 100%. as you build from the ground up, you want homegrown kids. Sometimes it's nice to have some of those microwaved successes, the guys that can come in, the Walter Nolans of the transfer portal that can plug in, play, and help you immediately. Walter Nolan, as I, I said to one of my other friends, he is a definition of a runaway freight train off the rails. You're not going to stop it. So mm-hmm. he's a plug and play. He'll be the first D tackle off the board when he comes out. Any inkling, feeling, anything that you're hearing about Walter Nolan or where he's leaning toward? Everybody I've talked to has had a different opinion. Mm-hmm. They're keeping it pretty much in-house family, which is cool. Yeah, uh, Oregon is was his first that. visit. Well, I, I get it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, I figured, would be a factor. He's from the state of Tennessee. Ole Miss is deeply involved. They're spending money like crazy. I'm curious. Bama is not targeting him, but a couple of the other kids from in, which I found interesting. Mm. Georgia, I don't know. Kirby leans a little further away from good kid, bad kid than Nick does. 
and he'll take whatever. Mm-hmm. But I haven't heard anything on Georgia yet. But I know he's got to be tempted because he recruited Walter really hard out of high school. Yeah. So the LSU is the wild card. I haven't heard yet. And Brian Kelly's really picky about character. So I'm not sure. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, let's go to the 2025 class. Another commitment that LSU just landed, Keelan Moses, a kid that if you live in Baton Rouge, you probably recognize that name, goes to High. His older brother, Dylan Moses, plays at Alabama. He just committed to LSU a 6'2", 2'10", 4-star, listed as an athlete. What's he best at, Brian? Safety or linebacker. Um, when I met him and saw him, he was a big kid. He's like a sophomore in high school. I think he's a guy that will end up playing some hybrid and doing some different things. He's put together. Like he's a little taller than his brother. His brother ended up playing with Bama, then moving on and going to the NFL with the Jaguars. I think this guy is a different kind of player. His brother was like a national karate champion and all kinds of things. So super, super athlete. Yeah, he was a freak. This kid's a little bit different, a little longer, but he's also a kid that's very cerebral, real smart. He'll figure it out just wherever they want. And he might be a guy that can play in multiple spots, nickel package, dime package, et cetera. But long, lengthy kid. And when he was 16, he looked like he was 20. So, I mean, he, he was he was blessed. He was one of those kids. He walks out and thought, oh, I want that guy. So LSU recruited against the numerous programs that he just decided to stay home with the Tigers. And this is just my impression of it. That feels like a pretty airtight commitment just based off of what he – you know, what he said at his commitment, he said, look, I grew up on this campus. This is where I've always wanted to go. He's built such strong relationships with the coaching staff at LSU. His, his roots are at LSU. Yeah, I mean, for people that don't know, that you know, or that LSU is literally connected to UHI physically. Yes. It's, UHI it's is in the middle of Greek row. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's They lose some kids from there once in a while because kids are like, it's too close, but – yeah. In general, I mean, that's somebody you should at least come close to getting, you know, and he's a fit. He's a kid that will fit in Brian Kelly's system. Very disciplined young man. Mm-hmm. Academics won't be a problem. He'll play early for the Tigers. All right. Coming up next, we got some SEC schedule releases earlier this week. Right. I want to get Brian's thoughts on it. You know, I, I broke some of my initial thoughts of the schedule down. You can find that on your preferred podcast platform and on YouTube. want to get Brian's impressions of LSU schedule in 2024 and also the rest of the SEC. So we'll continue that conversation coming up next right here on Locked On LSU. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They've got superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. So whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to you as customers. All right, rolling along here, locked on LSU. Brian Smith, locked on's official recruiting insider, is with us. But we got the 2024 schedule, Brian. And look, 
ESPN is a masterclass in making an hour, hour and a half, two hour long TV special for something that could just be an email. Um, we knew a majority of LSU schedule, but it's a gauntlet. It is an absolute gauntlet because not only are you playing an eight game SEC schedule. Oh yeah. By the way, you're playing USC and UCLA in the first few weeks of the season, your initial impressions of not just LSU's opponents, but how the schedule shaped out. It's a little bit easier than I thought it would be in some ways, just because a, they get Bama after a bye, and B I'm not sure what we're going to see out of UCLA and, and USC because they're playing the Big Ten schedule now. They're just going to physically get beat up. Yeah. So the USC game, they don't get any bank his first game, so that's too bad. But they're not going to have Williams at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Look, there's no replacing Caleb Williams. Yeah. I don't care who trots out on the field for them. UCLA is more interesting. They lose Dante Moore to the transfer portal. Who's their QB going to be? And their coordinator went to USC. So there's a lot of, lot of strife there. Ole Miss at home. But then the Arkansas A&M games back-to-back afterwards. I'm sure that's what you were talking about yeah. as the gauntlet. It's just goofy to have those three in a row because by the time they play A&M on the October 26th date, you would think – Yeah, I know. It's it's tough because, A, the coach is a good coach. He's a good coach. and it made a really good hire. He'll have at least some of his system in play by then because the first few – like you want to play – Notre Dame plays A&M first week. A&M might be terrible. Yeah, it's first game for Elko. It's it's hard for a first year coach, but by middle of the season, yeah, they should be better. Figured out, yeah. Um, interestingly, they might be. It's possible. I'm just going to call this now. LSU's game against Florida in the swamp might be the first game where Florida has a interim head coach. I'm going to go ahead and predict that is a very strong possibility by that point because Billy Napier is going to get fired next year. Then they finish with Vanderbilt and then Oklahoma, who's lost like all their offensive linemen. So. We'll see. They're in the middle of that schedule, though, that three-game gauntlet, Idol, and then Bama, that's pretty rough. It's rough. And it feels like once you get through Bama, oh, yeah, by the way, you have to go to Florida. And I don't expect Florida to be some sort of, you know, show-stopping, incredible team. But playing in the Swamp is always a difficult thing. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to have a 60-year quarterback, too. So that matters. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I – Looked at LSU's schedule. I said, look, this might be the most difficult schedule in the SEC, but it's got to be Florida. Miami, Samford, A&M, Mississippi State, and Starkville, UCF, Tennessee, and Knoxville, Kentucky, Georgia, Texas, and Austin, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State. I don't know. I don't know who in the, the NCAA scheduling office is pissed off at Florida, but I don't I – mean, that is – that might be the most difficult schedule I've ever seen in the history of college football. It, I mean, everybody technically does their own and they got to get stuff approved. I don't know. Was somebody at Florida mad and was working for the enemy? So maybe they're inside job. I don't know. But in, you know, at the end of the day, they have a pretty decent football team that's getting gutted in the recruiting class, mm-hmm. but they just been mismanaged. Billy and those guys don't figure it out that by the time LSU plays them, I'm telling you, the interim tag on whoever it is mm-hmm. could be with the head coach name because the people I know that follow Florida are very angry. They are similar to LSU fans. They have negative 5 million on the patient scale. It will be year three. So I don't know. Where, that, that game could be fun. <laughs> if I'm going to say if it might be more so when, but if Billy Napier gets fired this season, Where's he going? He'll be an assistant somewhere. He'll be at a lower level. 
I mean, why would anybody hire him? I mean, he, it's been a train wreck there. Look, yes. it's been a train wreck. And he hasn't didn't inherit anything really all that great, but it really hasn't gotten much better. So it's many of Florida's mistakes were coach. It was just coaching. Yeah, like their special teams, they're called game changers. Yeah, they've been game changers for the other team. Mm-hmm. You know, missed assignments, not enough guys on the field, whatever it is. Two players with the same number out on special oh, teams. Man, that's, that's just the most uh, that's it's like coaching. That's bad. It's, it's special really teams bad. snafus, dumb mistakes, dumb penalties, just bad. Yeah, dumb they, penalties they that won. The game in Florida State. They could have won two or three more games this year with just more strategic football and more common sense. It's not exactly. like special plays. Not you know you, you don't need Herschel Walker in your backfield sometimes. You just got to be sound. And they were not. So That's exactly the reason why Tennessee lost to Florida is because Tennessee shot themselves in the foot the way that Florida shot themselves in a the foot in so many of their losses this season. Wanted to throw a couple things at you. Our our friend Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, does a fantastic job with Locked On SEC. You can find that on your preferred podcast platform. A couple of his SEC schedule takeaways. One thing I wanted to throw at you. He says, Texas A&M, 10 wins is in play. Texas A&M doesn't have Bama. Texas A&M doesn't have Georgia. Texas A&M does not have Oklahoma. But what Texas A&M does have is LSU, of course. Texas A&M, of course, has Texas at the end of the season. Could you see the Aggies potentially being the second best team in the SEC West this upcoming season just based off of the schedule? It's possible. Uh, again, they open with Notre Dame. That's not going to help them. But then again, it could. If they somehow win that game, that's possible. But, I mean, historically, first-year coaches, even if they're good, getting your system in is going to cost you a game or two. Yeah. There's going to be something where the coach is over on the sideline like this and the ball's going the wrong direction. LSU Florida State, 22. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That game was just awful in general. Disgusting. <laughs> it was a terrible football game. But those kind of things happen when they're openers. He will never admit it, but I will guarantee you my bottom dollar that he wishes he had such and such state right before the Notre Dame game to get some of that out. I'm sure. There's no way. To, but that Notre Dame game was scheduled 10 years ago. It's just, it is what it is. So they're kind of stuck. I think they can be really good, but like Texas, eh, LSU, they, I mean, they, they've got quarterbacks and stuff. How much does Wegman's leg get healed and all that? How does, you know. There's a lot of questions to answer, and he's he was at Duke. They weren't expected to do a lot of things there, and he, you know, going 500 at Duke, yeah. it's like going 10 and two at LSU. You know what I mean? Like right. maybe even 11 and one, sad as that is. So you need to see what you can do when there's pressure on, because those hundred thousand people there are going to expect again a return on their investment. I'm sure he was compensated handsomely. I haven't even looked, but I'm sure it was a lot. And they're going to expect, because of that recruiting class from two years ago, there'll be juniors, the ones that are left. Oh, we should win right away. Eh. It'll be interesting because that's a lot of of pressure. The crazy thing is, because I expected it too. I expected the contract to be absolutely insane. Six years, seven millipop. Well, he's only been a head coach for a few years. And I bet you there's some back end to that and some off the records. A lot of incentives. Yeah. And there's a lot of... like three mil if he makes it to the college football playoffs, which that's is a big chunk. That's a massive, <laughs> massive chunk. And with a 12 team playoff, that's absolutely not off the table. Um, speaking of 10 win seasons, Ole Miss 
They have Furman, MTSU, Wake Forest, Georgia Southern, Kentucky, South Carolina. It's almost I'd be six and zero heading into that game against LSU. And then they round out the season, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, and Mississippi State. I mean, those Oklahoma and Georgia games, they're not going to be cakewalks. I think a 10-2 and two season absolutely is in play for Ole Miss Lane Kiffin. If Lane Kiffin, for once, can win a big road game, which he never does, they could change the program. He's horrendous in big road games. Yeah. They got to go to Death Valley. I want your prediction on that score right now. Mm, 48-45 LSU walk-off field goal. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. The quarterback dart is coming back for mm-hmm. Ole Miss, if I remember correctly, unless he changed. As far as I know, he's coming back. If you have that kid with – I mean, Kiffin is a hell of a play caller. Mm-hmm. They're going to score. LSU needs to be doing well in their transfer portal, so make sure you, you keep up with what I got going on over here So because your Tigers are going to need it. They're, they're going to score some points. They need now, some points. If Walter Nolan ends up at Ole Miss, a lot of things change. Is that in play? That's a possibility. Brian, don't do me like that. Uh, don't look at me. I'm not his agent. <laughs> I know, but you're the only one that I can blame. So. <laughs> you uh, you have a lot of stuff in the works. So where can the people find some more of your work? Because I know it is absolute whirlwind this time of year. Uh, at FB Scout underscore Florida on X. I actually don't get a tweet as much as I'd like because I'm just going through and looking at portal stuff all day, getting up at five, six in the morning and going to bed at 11 and repeating. Whew. So it, it gets old, but uh, a few more days of it. And then we'll get some slowdown with the Christmas and all that right after signing day. I'm looking forward to about seven days from now, right after signing day and get done with some of these podcasts for that. I can actually sleep for more than a few hours. You deserve it. You've been working around the clock, but all of your content has absolutely been worth it, if I can say so myself. Brian, appreciate you as always. We'll chat with you soon. All right. Thank you very much, Caroline. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again for making Locked and LSU your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate Brian Smith for joining us. And just a reminder that all of our recruiting content is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU, we're going to have a full early signing day preview, a recap of where LSU stands with their recruiting class, with their commitments. What do we expect from those 27 commits in the 2024 class and some names to watch that aren't necessarily committed to LSU, but their commitments might be fluid elsewhere. So we'll have a full early signing day preview coming up first thing tomorrow morning on early signing day coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU.